Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Loud and Curious with Krista Rosa. I am here with Christina Helfer. Hi, guys. Um, Christina and I went to college together, and we actually are somewhat neighbors. She lives only a few blocks away from me in Hoboken. Um, Maybe soon not to be the case, because she might be buying another home. Um, But she is actually a real estate agent, and she sells homes for people for a living. Yeah. And um, you were originally a copywriter at an advertising firm. Yes. And then you started buying your own. You you st- got in the process of buying your own apartment. Yes. And you basically, you had a dog at this point or no? Yes. I had one dog at this point. Okay. And you, uh, Christina's very, very, uh, very involved in animal rescue and specifically dog rescue and specifically pit bulls, correct? Yes, yes. Yes. And um, so you were, you had a dog and you wanted to buy an apartment. Why did you want to buy an apartment first and foremost? So I had been renting in Hoboken at that point for a year and my roommate and I had started to look for a new rental. And at the time my dog was about 40, 45 pounds, which usually is okay in an apartment. Um, I actually think she may have been a little less at that time because she was a little younger, but because she was a pit mix, uh, we just couldn't find anything. But even besides Piper, we just couldn't find an apartment that we really liked. And then I... For rental. Yes, yes. exactly. And and Piper's your dog. Yes, yes. Piper's <laughs> my dog. Um, so honestly, I had seen kind of that we were still in the dip of the real estate market you know the economy crashed all this stuff's happening the real estate market still hadn't picked back up but I knew Hoboken was always going to stay a hot area yes this even so now more today than ever before yeah I can never see it necessarily going down like plummeting you know what I'm saying like this will always be such a hot area because of the proximity to New York City your transportation options etc yeah more than anyone else that's what people people are always like oh my god you live in Hoboken and I was like yes like I can get on a boat of train yeah I have access yeah I can have a car I can have you know and and you can get a little more space for your money here than in New York City in general. Yeah. So I thought it would just be a really good investment for myself down the line to just purchase something. And then um, for the most part, when you're buying, I will say for the most part, you don't have restrictions anymore. And in general, I just... What I, do you mean by restrictions? Uh, Having things, a landlord and dealing yeah, with stuff like exactly. that? exactly. Okay, but it. then on top of that, also the dog problem that I was... <laughs> You know, oh, yeah, like you can't with. rent. You can't rent if you have an animal. Yeah, yeah, you can't, or you can't have this over. You can't, you know. They have to be so big, or they yeah, can't. Be it was just, this. it was yeah. so many rules, and I just really hated having them. So, um, I approached my roommate and said, you know, I think I'm going to be buying a condo in Hoboken. I'm looking for a two bedroom. I would like you to live with me, you know, and yeah. we'll live together for a little while and whatever. And yeah, she was totally up for it. And it ended yeah, like, up oh, being, I, f- I found an apartment and it's one that I'm going to purchase. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it was, it was, it was definitely crazy. And she came along for the ride. Um, yeah. and I'm extremely decisive. I actually only saw about four places maybe. Yeah. Um, first one I didn't like the second one went off the market really quickly. The third one I didn't like. Fourth one I bought. 
Yeah. And that, is like, that odd to yes, only see it's four? it's extremely odd. When I became a real estate agent, we actually talked about this. So the person that was my real estate agent when I bought actually is now my broker. Um, Got it. He's my mentor and he hired me as soon as I called him and said I was changing careers. Um, and we had talked about it. We had to take like a real estate sales course and I was in it and we talked about decisiveness of clients and stuff. And this question came up and I was like, yeah, it was probably Marco's dream client. There was no anything. I just picked, put a bit in, got the house and moved on. Yeah. Um, and that's not very common. Got it. <laughs> um, but it ended up working out for the best. I, I love my apartment a lot. And it's very nice. I've been since there. then it's I've adopted cute, two yeah. more dogs. So. Yeah. Cause you have the room <laughs> and a yard, which was a huge that was my deal breaker. Yeah. I wanted a place with a yard um, and I and I got it and it made it a lot easier to have dogs. But it also is just like great to enjoy for me as yeah. a human being. I have a grill back there and stuff like that. So definitely was the right decision because now the real estate market has since picked up a lot mm-hmm. um, and property values are back up and it is now back to being a seller's market. So good. Got it. Right decision. <laughs> yeah. What? Um. So you were so enthralled by this experience of buying your first home that you were like, I want to do this for a living. Like you literally quit your job and called the person that sold you a home and said, I want to work for you. Yes. I was hyper involved in the purchase of my home. Like I pretty much negotiated myself and my broker has been in real estate for, uh, you know, half his life now. He's yeah. amazing. And I was just like, this is what I want to pay. And this is back. And we're going back and forth. And I pretty much handled my own deal. And I really enjoyed doing it. And he was there every step of the way to guide me. And I just thought like, wow, that's something I would like to do a lot better than what I'm doing now. And honestly, a lot of what I used to do now comes into play as a real estate agent. uh, Because so much of it is marketing and things like that and communication skills. I yeah. kind of Plus you're like sell, literally selling to people all yeah, the time. Yeah, exactly. So it ended up being a huge benefit that I used to be an advertising writer. Um, and honestly, just it's such a different career than what I used to do. And I couldn't be happier. The flexible hours are better for me. Um, being my own boss essentially is something I'd you always dreamed of. Yeah. yeah, like it's amazing. And, you know, I still have guidance when I need it, but I'm allowed to, you know, run my own business essentially yeah. so very happy so you start selling homes and you're mainly selling in our area right and the surrounding areas yes and so you what are some of the things that you've personally found that like you see in a home and you're like oh that's a really great thing like that's a really that's something that's a big plus that's something that I really really like and like well, this will be very marketable speaking of marketing um I mean, there's a few things. One, and the most important thing is that every client I've had has had a very different list of must-haves. And I always lead off a conversation when somebody comes to me like, hey, I want to buy a home or hey, I'm selling my home. And this is more specific for buyers, um, obviously, but they're just like, this is where I am at in my life and this is what I'm looking for. And the most important thing I'll tell them is like, you need to kind of pick like, is budget most important? Is the style of the house most important? Is size most important? Location is kind of a non-negotiable. Um, that should just always be. Obviously. Yeah. Yes. Um, and 
just kind of like that. And you have to narrow it down. Um, I have a lot of buyers coming to me that are looking in a number of very similar areas. So there's a lot of towns that are kind of exactly the same. It's kind of like Hoboken and downtown Jersey City, especially like they're the same. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, which one do you want to be in and things like that. And budget is obviously important. And like I said, but then there's these really specific things that some of my clients need. Like for me, it was a backyard, obviously in Hoboken. Um, whereas for other people, um, I had recently had a client. She was just gave birth three weeks ago. Um, and we had, she had been very pregnant during our home search and things like that. So they were looking for space because their family was growing and things like that. Um, whereas I have some clients that only want new construction or only want a house that's been what they call gut renovated, like top, you know, floors to ceilings, everything is new. new. Yeah. And everything's different about that. A lot of people will say like, Oh, if you renovate your kitchen, that will be something that will appeal to people. And like, it might, but then I've been in the situation even personally where I've gone and looked at a place and they have put in what they thought was a quote unquote new kitchen, you know, super stylish, whatever, but it wasn't my personal style. Yeah. Like you were like, this is ugly. Yeah, yeah exactly. You, we were saying, but we were talking before we started recording that you were like, this is out. This was outdated when they redid it. Yeah. But yeah. because it's quote unquote new, they think that adds value. So listen, in some cases it does. Of course, if your kitchen lease looks decent, people will be like, all right, well, I can live with this for a little while and, and renovate it later. So as long as it isn't in disrepair or it isn't from 1950, whatever, yes, it does add value to yeah. the home, of course. Or but- especially like if you're the person that wants to that's sell it or the person that's buying is saying, I don't fucking cook. Like I don't need to be in my kitchen. Well, I go in my fucking fridge to get my water in the morning. Exactly. And, like, I don't, I, I eat out all the time, especially in this, like where we live, like eating out every day is not an, an odd thing. And so like, Oh, I don't need to, I don't, my kitchen can literally look like f- jack shit. I don't give a fuck. Like, exactly. It like, and yeah. it's so different for people. And I have such a hyper specific kitchen style and I feel like most people do. Yeah. So it's kind of Same. like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I'm back. I go back and forth on that, like how much is too much and how much is kind of the right renovation that it will sell your home faster. Bathrooms are super important. There is nothing scarier than going into someone's house and the bathroom looks like it hasn't been cleaned in 50 years or there's tiles falling or stuff like that. That is a deal breaker period. And honestly, um, there, I feel like you can be a little more general with a bathroom renovation and make it look nice and people will be happy to see that. And then, of course, bedroom yeah. size. Plus, like, a white be- bathroom is always, like, it, looks nice. Exactly. Whereas, like, a white bedroom And that will help like, sell Meh. the house. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you still have tiles that have, like, the flowers or, like, the children holding, like, a basket with Ew. a bunny oh on God, them. Yes. Or, like... I love <laughs> would buy, would buy person. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that people are just immediately turned off on. And, and yeah. bathrooms aren't cheap. I think well, like, people, grandma, like... It's a grandma-ish. Exactly. Yeah. And bathrooms bathrooms aren't cheap and that can add value to your home. Um, and you know, the one, probably like the best piece of advice, um, I had ever gotten. And just to preface all this, my dad had been in real estate when I was growing up. Oh God. That was his kind of second career. Um, he was a house flipper, but that never like, Oh, he was a flipper. Yeah. But like, so that, that wasn't what inspired you though. It was you going through it yourself. I think kind of, I think it was a little, bit of both because I was so distant from I mean I was in like middle school when he was flipping houses the most interaction I had was because I spoke Spanish I used to go collect rent on the properties he owned yeah at like 12 because they didn't speak English and I would go and I would talk to them and whatever in Spanish and that's hilarious I know if they ever need anything 
from my dad. It would like kind of also like good on your dad to be like learn Spanish. <laughs> I know, you know I, mean? I know. <laughs> so they, it was you know, it was good. But otherwise, you know, I had very minimal contact or involvement in any of that obviously and then I had owned a property with my dad it was a rooming house and all of this stuff and but this still I just wasn't hyper involved you know like I knew a lot about it plus you're like younger and you don't like what is owning a home what is that that's like what grown-ups do to be honest like when you're 13 is your I don't know anybody whose dream is to like be a real estate agent oh yeah no yeah at that point I was still wanting to be a vet yeah which I carry through all the way to freshman year of college yeah. By the way, but you know, so when I, you know, said I was going to become a real estate agent, both my por- parents were just super supportive, which obviously helped a lot because yeah. when you're making such a life decision and if you didn't have my friends and family support, like it would have made it even harder. harder. Yeah. Um, and the best, you know, he's always there for advice and stuff just because he had had so much experience doing it. But the one piece of advice he gave me that I just think is the most important is like, you can totally change a house, but you can't move a house. So location really should be at the top of your list. Um, and, but that's even just inherently a part of anything. Like literally like think about like when you're looking for a hotel room, like where are you looking? Like, do you know what I mean? It's like, just think like, like at the end of the day, you're picking a, like that to me is a no brainer. But You'll be really surprised about how, much your brain turns into mush when you're buying a property, especially yeah. if it's your first home. I have a lot of first time home buyer clients and they will forget, not forget things like that, but all of a sudden they'll try and convince themselves that like, okay, so I don't want to live on, they'll tell me, you know, we don't want to live on a busy road. We're having children or I don't want to live on a busy road yeah, because be I don't want to deal with it, yeah. whatever. Or they'll say, you know, and then all of a sudden they'll find this house and it's on what they call a double line road. You know, like when they yeah, have two yeah, yellow yeah. lines, so it's going to be a busy road and they'll be like, oh, but oh God, you know, this, is, this yeah. has this and this has this. Exactly. And they're like, wait, actually, I love this. Yeah. yeah and, and I'll be like, guys, remember, like this was something that was very important to you. And that's my job. My yes. job is yeah. to kind of hear through the noise and direct them in the right place. And I love it. I really do. I like being, you know, these people's support system. A lot yeah. of people are like, oh, first time home buyers. I'm like, I don't know. It's such like a nice emotional experience. I like being a part of it. So. Yeah. What are some other things? So your dad said location, 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 yeah. obviously. Um, what are like some other things that you usually look for whenever you're, like you said, bathrooms, like if the bathroom's really I gross. Think options. If you walk into a house and you can't like, no house is going to be perfect. There is yeah, no such uh, thing. Yeah. Even if you build a house from the ground up, like yeah. you're going to live in it one day and be like, you know, I should have done this. should have fucking put a like skylight right exactly. here. Like, exactly. Yeah, anything. Exactly. Yeah. So it's, there's always going to be something. So sometimes when I walk into a house, I have to be able to see things. Maybe they can't. So they'll be like, Christina, this doesn't have the open concept we're looking for. And I'm like, okay, well, if you take down this wall and you cut a hole here and you do this, Look, you have it. You basically have an open concept. And here's maybe what it would cost you. And and it's like, oh, okay. So it's like options. Or like, you know, maybe the house isn't quite as renovated as they want it or something. And I'm like, hey, but you get to pick this out yourself. Like, you have to see the value in that at the same time. We'll bid lower and you'll save some money and then make it whatever you want. And it's definitely harder for people who haven't owned a home before to grasp that. But that's, that's what I'm here for. Um... And so that's kind of that's kind of the biggest thing is a house having options. Um, sometimes there's a bonus room, as they call it, and they have yeah. like, people are like, "What do I even do with this?" 
and it's such like a weird thing and it may make the layout look weird or something but i'm like hey if you just do this to it or this to it like there was this really weird room off the garage in the house that uh, one of my clients is currently under contract on and it made no sense it made no sense i don't know what it was even when they built the house, I could not figure it out. Neither could my clients. But I said, I was like, listen, what you do is move the laundry up here so you don't have to do laundry in the basement. You make it a nice mud room. You put a half bath in here. All of a sudden, you've added a massive amount of value oh, to Oh, yeah. Home. Especially like a mud room with like a laundry that you and can do all where your- it was, yeah. it was on the same side of the house as the other bathroom. So the plumbing was right there. It's a really easy job um, that will add a lot of value to their home. Adding an extra bathroom or an extra bedroom or something is obviously a huge deal. Yeah. And- they already have the space to do it. So it's not, you know... Yeah, like it's already there. It's just you're just changing the inside. You can have a mudroom and have an entry right off the garage with the kids and they don't put their dirty shoes in the middle of your living room. And these are things I have to think about. Um, And honestly, a lot of it has also come from just like a lot of family members buying houses and seeing what they're going through. And it's a very... It's a very intense experience because it is most people's life savings. Um... And I just have to be kind of a support system, um, extremely knowledgeable and just a range of things, honestly, um, even from like interior decorating standpoints, like most of the real estate agents you will encounter have a pretty good sense of style good. or at least like how to lay out a room. You yeah, know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe their taste isn't anything, but I can f- tell you what size couch will look good here and what's, you know. Because you, I have to be able to visualize my clients in that house so that they can visualize themselves in that house. Yeah. Do you ever do staging? That's I, like be, that's really big now. Yeah. I feel like. So my company has a stager and our yeah. own warehouse worth of furniture. So when I do, if I was to sell a property that's vacant, I actually haven't yet. Um, oh, got it. That's if yeah. It's, vacant, it's only really. if it's vacant. Got exactly. It. So like my um one of my clients is selling his condo right now and he's my brother <laughs> yeah so i already designed his apartment so like so i it's am like essentially that. staged it yeah which for people that don't know staging <laughs> is basically like when you you basically either pay a company or like if you're the real estate agent yeah we like have you have home. your own yeah. where like they basically redecorate a room or put furniture in it as if it was like really lived in to make to like further sell the idea of like this is what this space could look like exactly and then all that goes away you don't buy that with the no, home no, it no, just no, is no, like no, props no. yeah but it's so it's so interesting because some Personally, I prefer a vacant house when I'm looking for a home for me personally because I can imagine. Yeah. But a lot of people can't, and that's not, like, a bad thing. It, it is very hard when you're just staring at an empty space to imagine it as something. So staging kind of helps give you that idea, like, hey, this, you know, look at what size couch I can have in here and look at yeah. things like that and what size dining room table I can have and what size, most importantly, bed. Because if you're standing in an empty bedroom, trying to figure out if you can have a twin, a full, a queen, or a king in there is like... Which is like a very large decision. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, imagine you only have a bedroom that you can fit a twin in, and then you have one other bedroom that you can only fit a twin in, and then you can fit, like, a, a full in the other bedroom. If you're, like, raising, a, you know, about to have a family or something, like, that's not maybe the most ideal because yeah. your kids are going to grow out of that soon. But maybe... you. I don't know. Maybe you don't care about a twin size bed and that's fine. But you know, that's, it's very hard to figure out what size bed and dresser and stuff can go in a room. Yeah. Um, what are other, you were saying about like adding value to the property and like what you did with the mudroom and stuff like that. What are some other things that people do? Like if you have a client that's, that's selling, like what are some things that you, that like you would say, or you've seen other people kind of do to like add value to the property that aren't super, super expensive. 
you know, I can't explain how much a coat of paint will make a difference. Yeah. The condo I bought was the colors in it. I don't know who chose it. I don't. It was borderline offensive. That's how ugly it was. Yeah. And it sat on the market for a while, which was good for me because I was able to bid. But like literally if they had just painted it or even just whitewashed the whole house, it would have looked so different and it would have been so much more appealing. Um, You know, like if you have a small room and it's eggplant purple and you really enjoyed having a really dark space, well, guess what? Most people are going to walk in and say this room looks really small and they're not going to want to buy it to just paint it. Yeah. Um, And it's just like such a minor thing. Bathrooms are always big. Kitchens, like I said, I go back and forth about it. Um, And, you know, I I just think, um, and state, you know, staging can help. It really can. It just depends on if you're still living there most of the time. Yeah, people are. are. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. And cleaning. Please clean your home before I show it. That's all I ask. (laughs) (laughs) That's the weirdest part about being a real estate agent is seeing how other people live. And I've seen, I've seen some, some bad stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Dear God. It's like you'll walk into the house and there'll just be like clothes all over the floor. You can barely walk. The furniture's laid out super weird. Like there's a hole in the wall and listen, fixing that is so simple because by closing all of that stuff will be out of there and the whole, you can repair it in three seconds. It's not that it's just when you see something like that, you're wondering to yourself, well, what if other they, what like, other stuff has like exactly, been gone on what, here? How have they not been taking care of their home, and what else yeah. has that affected? What major parts of the house may be now affected because of their laziness or whatever? Or like, what like grossness can I never scrub out of this carpet? Exactly, Do you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Exactly. So having like the appearances of a clean home like is so important, even if it's just tidy. You know, just don't have stuff all over the floor. That's a whole and it. It will show a lot better. Yeah. Um, what are other things? What are things that I wouldn't know if I'm looking for my first home? So like, let's go through the process. Okay. Like, let's pretend like we're like, I'm like okay. coming to you and I'm like, hi, like I'm the first time buyer. Like I'm a first time buyer and I'm, I'm looking for a place. Like, what are you, what, how do you start that process? Like, what are the things the that I should The first conversation about? has to be about budget. Um, and your budget is going to be very rigid and decided because it's unless you're coming in with cash it will be and even if it is cash you will have a limitation on your cash too but it will be whatever your mortgage lender tells you you can afford so that's the first thing you have to i tell my clients to do go talk to you know and i have mortgage people that my agency works with they're always accessible and everything and you need to tell them how much money you can afford to put down and then um that will determine of course how much you can spend and that's a huge huge deal and one of the other things is that um, with first-time home buyers there is something called a first-time home buyers like loan and it's when you only have to put like five percent down yeah but a lot of sellers won't accept those kinds of loans especially in our area you have to have the 20 percent down or more got it so this these are things that you have to this is always the initial conversation and of course alongside that is where do you want to live because I do work in the suburbs too Um, mostly I'm in Hoboken Jersey City but sometimes I will go back to the area that I grew up in um, or I also work in Montclair Bloomfield a lot so um, it's just discussing with them and even if they only have a general idea which does happen sometimes they'll be like oh I like these three you know towns in the suburbs and stuff like that and then you know, I'll start doing research. Most of the time I'm extremely familiar with the towns, but then I have to get into like really granular research. Like, 
how's the elementary school in that neighborhood or yeah you know, and things like that and that's that all comes and you know once you've decided that of course the size is the next factor are you looking for a two-bedroom are you looking for a three-bedroom are you looking for a four-plus bedroom you know whatever that kind of thing is and then I start sending them stuff and that's when we really start narrowing down what's important to yeah because like I have a client like, that will mm. not accept an, a kitchen that isn't white period she don't want to do any work the kitchen better be white and we made that a thing so I stopped sending her any homes with a white kitchen and sometimes you have to see some things online to establish those really granular things, but that's, what's most important Yeah, because you have to keep your search pretty specific. Otherwise you're going to see 25 well, you're gonna houses see, and you're going to be like, what? I hated every single one. But, and it's not, and one of those houses may have been your house, but you got so inundated with things that you saw that you just can't, you no longer have a direct vision of your home. Yeah. And that's my job is to keep us v- very tailored but make sure that you see enough that you can make a decision got it what um and then what are some things are there any like what else comes after that so then you like yeah. okay this is what i'm looking so for say this we is found budget a ha- yeah. yeah so say we've seen a few houses you found a house you love the house the next day i will you know they're like we want to make a bid i'm like okay first you need to talk to your mortgage person they have to give you a pre-approval letter which will say you know we'll talk about what they're going to bid so Say a house is listed at four fifty nine, and they want to bid four twenty five. Okay, so now you have to go back to your mortgage lender and say, "I'm going to put a bid at an, on a house at four twenty five. They will give you a pre approval letter saying that you're approved for a mortgage for X amount of money, and that you're going to put X amount down. And then I will call the listing. You know, so this is if I'm working for a buyer. So then I'll call the seller's agent the next day and be like, "Hey, do you have any offers in on a house or anything like that?" And he'll say, "Yes, no, whatever." And that may dictate things because sometimes I've called, and they already have six bids in. Yeah. And guess what? You're under value. You know, under asking offer. Maybe not under value, but maybe under asking offer. Um, is not going to cut it most likely. So then I have to go back to my clients and rediscuss, you know, what we want to come in at, how strong we want to come in at. And this is where something I find myself saying frequently happens and a lot of agents probably have a similar situation. I can always tell you what the buyers and sellers in an area are saying this house is quote unquote worth. It's what other homes have sold, you know, in the area for, et cetera. It's running all the comparables, et cetera. I can do all that for you. I can give you my professional opinion on what I think this home is worth. But it always comes down to what is this home worth to to you? you. It is such a more emotional experience than buying a car or like making any other big financial decisions. Like you have to live in there. You're possibly going to raise a family in there. You're going to have major life changes in there. Home base is home base. And it has a lot more of an emotional tie to a person than pretty much anything else you're going to buy in your whole life. Maybe. Yeah. Um, that when my parents bought the house that I grew up in, like we had moved, like I was, we had moved when I was really, when I was very little. Yeah. And, um, my mom saw the house and was like, this is my house. I love yeah, this house. That's and exactly literally how my dad I was like, I, I hate in. this house. And my mom was like, ah, this is our home. Like, do you know what I mean? Like my mom was like, <laughs> exactly. we have, this is exactly. our home. Exactly. So at some point your bid has to be like, if you love this house, then you know what? Put in that full price offer. Yeah. If you, it's a competitive market and there are other bids and stuff. Um, and if you're just kind of like, I could live here, but, and maybe I'd like living here, but maybe it's not worth, you know, quote unquote overpaying for, the value per se and listen value is very arbitrary so yeah um then we'll we'll move on but if we do put a bid in and stuff then you have to sign this huge contract that i i write up 
Um, most of it's just like pre-populated, but it, it goes, it's pretty granular. It's like nine pages long and it goes through like how much you're going to waive on your inspection. So most people will say like, well, after the inspection, if there's a thousand dollars worth of items, I'll waive it and not go back to the seller for credits. What or, does that mean? Oh, like if there's like, yeah, you get so it inspected and like, exactly. They're like, well, there's $3,000 worth of issues according to your you inspector. To yeah. Then you'll say, well, I'll waive up to, uh, this. And this happens before the inspection. So you don't know what you're going to find. Yeah. So you'll say, I'll waive up to a thousand dollars. And so that's you'll, like your, that's I'll like come your, back at you for quote unquote two if they say three kind yeah, of a situation. Yeah, 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 it. It's like it's your very. Um, it's like health insurance. It's like exactly, your like deductible. Yeah. Exactly. And then, you know, how the closing date will be in there and how much money it's for and all that stuff will be in there and you sign it. And then I send it over with your pre-approval letter to the other agent. They have three days to respond. Um, with just kind of New Jersey in general, this area and then the local suburbs, especially like it's hot it's always hot like people want to be in close proximity to new york city always because most people work there um so things usually move pretty quickly and then when your offer is accepted you usually go back and forth a couple of times so you never go in yeah they're never just like okay yeah yeah. the only time that happens is something called highest and best which happens very frequently in our area in hoboken and jersey city a lot of apartments go into highest and best offers. So what will happen is say there will be like three or four or eight. <laughs> I've had that happen. Bids on a property and your client's one of them. The selling agent will then send an email out to all of us agents that are representing buyers and say, we want your best and final offer by this date. Yeah. At and because like, there's eight of you. So like get to step yep. in. Yeah. Like yep. it's a hot. Yeah. Which so like it's kind of like a, bit, a bidding chip kind it's of. It's so. Yeah. And then it gets really dramatic and it's kind of crazy. But um, then, you know, you submit your best and final offer. And if it's not accepted, then it's not accepted. Yeah. They're like, what's on. good? There like, is, we're, yeah. Yeah. There's no more negotiating. Yeah. That's it's like, it. what, are you, what, what are you going to pay? It. It's literally, uh, quite literally a bid. Exactly. Like, you know I mean? That's it. They're just like, you get one 500,000, 550,000. Yeah. You get one shot and you have no idea what the other people are bidding. Yeah. Of course. But usually when that happens, you can at least guess that they're at or over asking. Yes. It's going to obviously, why yeah, are they going to call for yeah. best and finals if it's $100,000 under asking? So, you know, that will happen. But, you know, once you get through that whole bidding process and stuff, it's, it becomes a lot lighter. Like there's a big weight off your shoulders. You're still not out of the woods because until you're out of something called attorney review, they can still accept other offers. So at that time, once the bid is accepted, the first thing you do is contact a real estate attorney. Um, I have one I work with almost exclusively. I have another one that I love too. I'll always recommend them and usually my clients will go with them. Sometimes they have their own, you know, real estate attorneys that family members or friends or whatever have, you know, used before. And, then the attorneys go through the contracts and they go back and forth on very singular line items that are just yeah, like, just like very yeah. Yeah, discrepancies. Maybe they'll go back and forth on the closing date a little bit. And then once you're done with that, like you can kind of take a breather because now they cannot accept any more bids. And at least that part of it is done. It's almost your house. <laughs> yeah. And usually the closing date period is 30, 45 or 60 days. There are many, you know, different reasons yes, for those, those are, yeah. but and you know maybe it's 40 days maybe it's 90 days, whatever so but those are the three that i see most often 30 days is pretty damn fast and it usually means you have most mostly cash and the house is vacant otherwise it's not really possible yeah 45 days is expedited that's what i bought my condo on because it was vacant and i wanted to move very quickly i actually tried to do a 30-day closing the seller said no and that's like not 
more money or less money, right? That's no, just like what no, it is. No, it's that's just, just how like fast how can your fast mortgage can you get lender into the into the thing? How much you know? How fast can your mortgage lender work? How fast do your attorneys work? It's kind of and then on the other side, how fast does the other attorney work? How fast yeah, do the sellers work it. or buyers or whatever? So, um, sixty is pretty much standard. Sixty days is usually standard, and during that period, usually within ten days of the closing of attorney review, when that's all done, you have to get your inspection done. Got it. An inspector comes out, depending on the size of your home, it could take, you know, in condos, they get through it in maybe an hour, a little less because it's usually not Small. that big. Yeah, yeah. And there's not that many things to look at. And honestly, because it's a whole building and it's managed by the condo association, everything's usually in decent shape. Um, there's not a lot of things that, you know, so anyways, that's, you know, that, or, you know, I had an inspection. It was a well over 3000 square foot home. I think it took four hours. And it was built in 1960 and hadn't been touched since then. Yeah. So it literally took like four hours. Oh, God. So we sat there all day and the inspector went through everything and they come up with a laundry list of items that you're not going to negotiate on all of those items. So sometimes there's major things like this roof needs to be completely replaced. A roof replaced is, is a lot of money. Is a lot of money. So that's something you're going to want to credit for. Maybe the hot water heater's going or the stove doesn't work, et cetera. But then there's like stupid things they'll put on there. But like crediting like, is means to like ask the person that sold you the home to pay for. Yep. Got exactly. It. And sometimes you can ask them to just rectify the issue themselves or you'll ask for money so that you can do it. Um, I mean, they'll do things like there's cracked tile in the shower or like it needs a little more sealant around the tiles. And like, listen, you can go to Home Depot. Yeah, you can do that yourself. Yeah, yeah. that's not. Those are things that you don't want to mention, it's like, but it's just good to know that your inspector pointed them out because it was just shows that they're being very thorough or like re in single family homes a lot of times how it settles and stuff you'll need to do something called regrading against the house you put more soil there and stuff so your basement doesn't get water and things like yeah. that like i've had clients go back on forth on that with you know this but like go back and buy it you know buy a bag of dirt like let's really get the big issues under control, control. exactly so then the attorneys will again start negotiating that part of it and I will be somewhat involved still, of course, mostly as a support system to my clients because at this point I can't really negotiate it. Yeah, if you're the not. Attorney, you yeah. The only time that happens is if the attorneys are making no headway, I will call the other agent and be like, hey, let's work something out. What can we do here? What does your client really want? What does my client really want? Yeah. Sometimes we'll get in a little bit involved, but for the most part, the attorneys handle that. And then from there, all it is is the mortgage. Yeah, like the bank has to just approve your shit, basically. Yep. And you just wait. Yeah. And there's no more, like, directly house-related stuff. But once you hit that point, like, this is when people start getting really excited. Yeah. This is when they're out buying furniture. And during the inspection, we're usually measuring stuff. And, like, this is when you really get excited. And there still can, of course, be things that go wrong, just like in any buying or selling of pretty much anything. Um but this is when, you know, you're feeling really good. And then on closing day, you do something called a walkthrough. You go and walk through the home right before closing and make sure that, A, all the inspection items were fixed if that was part of the deal. Um, B, that nothing was removed from the home that wasn't supposed to be removed from the home. Yeah. So if you're buying a home and it says it includes all the appliances and then you walk in on closing day and there's no refrigerator, they have to pay you for it or put it back. Got it. And it becomes like a whole thing during closing. Um, usually walkthroughs go pretty well. No major issues. Um, 
and oh and there's of course like you walk into a house and they left something behind like they have to either come get it or technically it is yours by law because they didn't get it out because it's yeah yeah whatever's left there is yours yep so then you go to closing they sign by hand a bunch like a stack of papers um some agents won't go to their clients closings most do i always do i just think it's the right thing to do we just went through this major process for months together i of course want to be there for this moment plus to get their client gift um which i always do because i'm so grateful that they chose me oh you give them a Mm -hmm. gift what do you give them usually or is it always different i actually have um custom gift boxes that i had made by um my friend in college is super crafty so she helps me with everything i had a logo custom designed because i used to work in advertising i called my old art partner had him design it um and in the box it's like a candle it says congrats on your new home and stuff like that i always include a gift card to a local business in the town they're moving to even if it's a town they've lived in because a i support local business and b like you want to explore your new neighborhood yeah that's really thoughtful yeah and then i always write a guide to their neighborhood about where to eat and stuff like that that is so cute yeah i i try to you know i and i always make a handwritten note and my handwriting's a mess, but I just think it's more special handwritten, so they always get a handwritten note. Um, and I just think that it's imp- a lot of t- my clients are moving from one town to another, and some of them have never even been to the towns that they're now living in. Yeah. You know, and maybe they've passed through or they had dinner there once, but they're not, you know, super involved in that town. Yeah. And I just think it's important. Like, here's a list of all the restaurants that people are recommending. Here's where you can buy groceries. Here's where your local liquor store is. Like, whatever. Just to make their transition a little easier. Um, and that I give on closing. And they get handed their keys. And that's it. You have a house. And then it's like, bye. Yeah. Literally, you sign 25 pieces of paper. I'm not kidding. By hand. Because New Jersey is just... <laughs> that's how Because you it. just, like, have to. Yeah. And then you get handed keys. And that's it. You have a house. And that's a crazy moment. You've been through months and months of stuff. And then all of a sudden, literally, you just get handed a set of keys. And like, and they're like, bye. bye. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a very emotional process. And a lot of times, like businessmen and things like that and people that are, quote unquote, in real estate will keep the emotional aspect out of it. But when you are going to be living in a home, I find it very difficult to do so. And yeah. I think that's fine. You know, I don't want people to make an emotional buy and way overpay. That's something I will, you know, push my clients to stay away from. But, you know, I get it. And like, I'm sorry, but like you, that to me sounds like, like having that personal touch and also just like doing that nice client gift. Like that's so cute. And like, that's something that I'll remember that I would remember for the rest of my life. And literally anytime someone was like, I'm looking, I'm thinking about buying a house. I would literally be like, Oh, my real estate agent was like the best, you know? And that's, and that's super important because real estate agents pretty much exclusively work on referrals. Yeah. It's word of mouth always. And I take my job very seriously. Um, And as a person who's young and bought her first home and I know what that experience is like, probably was even more emotional for me because it was just me. Um, I wasn't buying it with another person. Um, Yeah. I was young and it it was a it was a lot. Yeah. And it was a very happy thing to go through. But, you know, without the support of my now broker guiding me through this and knowing what, you know, it would have been a lot. And so I take pride in you know, being there for my clients as much as I can be. 
yeah. course. And, you know, my candles, of course, have custom labels on them with my logo again and signed with my name on it and just stuff like that just because I want them to remember me and hopefully refer me again. And that's how my entire business works. Yeah. It's, hey, I got your number from so-and-so. And in my case, a lot of it is, hey my friend you know will be somebody that honestly adopted a dog from me or somebody that knows that i've helped them with their dog or something hey my friend so and so is looking to buy a house i gave them your number yeah and it's it's i can't explain how rewarding it is for me to get that call yeah sometimes i'll have no new clients and i'm like oh no oh no and i start to panic and i'm like what do i do how do i get myself out there do i change my marketing strategy blah 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 and out of nowhere you'll get a call from someone you've never met in your whole life they'll say hey I'm friends with Chris. He gave me your number. I'm looking for a new home. Can you help me? Or yeah. I'm looking to sell my home, whatever it is. Or, um, you know, and I do do some rentals, but it's usually only for friends. Um, and it's just, like I said, every time when you get that call, it's just, it's amazing. I know that since, and honestly, maybe as I get further in my real estate career, the allure of it will dissipate a little bit but i don't think so but like why would it i don't think so like i just think it's so special and i think no and i think that that's like a i think that's such a misconception and i think it's also a very like what a what a like sad thing for us to assume that like as you continue your career and get more successful that you can't be like touched by people every day yeah do you know what i mean or you can't be like like what a thing and like i think the same way also i'm like when i if i've worked on this show or i've worked on this and then like i meet this person and i'm just like like am i ever just gonna be like oh like i can't get these like normal people out of my face like no do you know what i mean like it's so like i don't know why you wouldn't continue to yeah. feel the way that you do whenever you get like a referral like that. I agree. And I mean, I think because I was so enthused to like change careers and start yeah. this new life and something that I was truly passionate about. I'm hoping that that, that light never goes out and I'm going to try my best to make sure it doesn't because right now how I feel watching, especially my first time home buyers get their first house, I'm just as happy as them. Yeah. Like, I truly am. Well, and you, like, know, you have been through the process before, and you know exactly. what it's like. You know what they're feeling, you exactly. know? Exactly. It's, it's, and, you know, I, I just think it's, it's a really great job. It really is. And I think people think that real estate agents, like, get fed up, and they don't want to deal with you, and stuff like that. And, like, that stuff does happen. But, like, a, look in the mirror. What are you doing to torture real estate yeah, agent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But B, like... Well, so, like, you also just don't like anything. Like, that's... What can you do? Like, exactly, what can they do? They're giving exactly. you everything that's and, on the market. You know, they're like, oh, what do real estate agents really do for me in a transaction? Like, you don't understand, especially in rentals, how many hours we put in. Yeah. Um, for not a lot of money. Rentals, especially. Like, people, yeah. you know, if you want to see 25 places as a renter, um, like, w- we don't make any money on our time on that deal. But we're just happy to do it because we're helping you. So when people, you know, have that misconception about real estate agents that it's like a quick buck, like it's not. Um, and a lot of us are emotionally invested in it and we work really crazy hours. Like, yes, we make our own schedule, but for the most part, we're working all day and night yeah. because in the morning I have to wake up and answer emails all day. And then I have this weird lull and then all of a sudden four hits that's it. I'm on the phone until 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because, because everyone's like out getting work. out of work and they're exactly. like, oh, I got to read your email. and like, this is what I think. And, and like, blah, I blah. work weekends. It is a part of the job. Yeah. There is no avoiding it. Well, yeah, because you have to go show houses on the weekends exactly. and stuff too, right? Like if My, I work nine to five, Monday, exactly. Friday, Monday through Friday. Exactly. So, you know, 
we give up a lot to do this job, but I, I can't explain how much Sad. more rewarding it is than my old job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. And, yeah. you know, I'm passionate about it and I hope that everybody has a really good experience with their agent. I hope everybody's had a good experience with me, you know, cause yeah. I can talk all this talk, but I just hope that my business continues to grow and people keep referring me because that tells me I'm doing a good job. There is almost no other way to know that you're doing a good job in real estate. I don't have a boss to like pat me Be on the like, back. Be like, you did a good, yeah. Exactly. Like there is no, you know, technically you can get a quote unquote raise by the difference in your commission split between you and your broker because your brokerage does take a part of every check. But like at the same time, like not really, it's not like, oh, you get a 10 well, yeah, no, It's like, it's yeah, very different like it's, and it's not yeah. as frequent and you hit a like level flu- and then that's it. It's very fluid. Exactly. Like, yeah. So it's, you know, th- I don't have like a review, <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So what really tells me I'm doing a good job is when clients keep referring me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Any la- any other like final like little tips or tricks or things that you would tell people that are like trying to buy or trying to sell for the first time, things like that? Yeah, I have a few things. One, your real estate agent should really, you know, be researching the area with you or know it very well already, et cetera. But like do your own research too. Um, a lot of people don't take into account a lot of things of what a town can or cannot offer. Like I've had clients be so set on a town and me – push them into another town and it ended up being right yeah okay um and stuff like that but it's just you know and then or like oh we want to go here because it's like this and this and this and you're like but that's actually not what it's like exactly so you know what go walk around the town go get lost in it for like multiple times though go explore go sit outside and just like watch people i know that's so creepy no but like it's to see what the vibe is exactly because you know you can always move you can yeah but at the same time like don't you need to make sure that where you're living is is exactly what you want yeah. or at least most of what you want i can't say exactly because you're not going to get that um two uh and, and i i'll caveat this with don't put yourself in a bad financial decision but if you can buy a house young i would recommend doing it um we have really good credit right now most of us yeah i have my credit's banging that's what i'm saying because we haven't you know i don't know but anyways yeah. It's easier to get a mortgage with credit. You know, there is a first time home buyer's loan that, you know, many towns and sellers will accept, like I said, and um, you're putting and investing in yourself and your life and, and your future. And, you know, I, I just think it's, I think it was the smartest decision I made. And like I said, for some people, that's not, that's fine, not financially possible and that's okay. But if you are set on living in one place and, Stuff like that. Like, I I think you should do it. I would encourage people to. The last thing I want to mention is to um, be patient and stay encouraged during the home buying process. And also for a rental. Um, Just in general, getting a new place to live is a a long process. Yeah. Um, And it's a stressful process. Even if you're so excited to move, it it takes a lot out of you. Um, And I think just staying encouraged and being like I'm going to find that place when the time is right and it's going to be the right place for me like even if you get outbid on a house then you know what that house wasn't for you I'm a strong believer in what will you know is meant to happen will happen and yeah of course you can do a lot to make that happen but sometimes it just doesn't work out and that doesn't mean you should completely give up it just means that you're going to find a better house that's better suited for you maybe in two weeks from now so yeah. just stay or a positive month from now. and Stay as, you know, maybe calm as possible because it's a stressful process, but 
you know, your real estate agent is here to get you through it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what you get paid to do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, very quickly, let's talk really quickly about the dog rescue and like just yes. kind of plug it a little bit. That's another aspect that we have yet to even really discuss about it. And yeah. we don't have to go in great detail, but your kind of little like your niche or your kind of little like selling like sh- I don't want to call it a shtick because that sounds like cheap and stupid, <laughs> but like it's not and my it's specialty. Not. Yeah. Your specialty is really you're selling um, you most often sell to people that have pets and that have like or um one or multiple pets. Yeah, one correct? of the major, like another factor of the reason I was so inspired to get into real estate is from my own um, experience that I had so much trouble finding a rental just because my dog has a square head. By the way, my dog is perfect. Yeah, she is. The other two are not, but she's perfect. She likes kids, cats, dogs. Nothing phases her. She's perfect, and she's pretty small. Yeah. So I really didn't see the issue, but because she was labeled a quote unquote pit bull which we can't even prove she is anyway because of the shape of her head. You know, they're like, oh, well, she has a square head. She couldn't live anywhere. And it was just ridiculous to me. And I, I find very similar struggles across the board with pet owners in general, just yeah. even separate from the pit bull issue. Um, well, even like, and also to not to, yeah, again, like not yeah. to get into the whole pit bull no, issue. No, no, that's but what like, I'm saying. Like completely there's separate. So, there's people like, I have a cat. I can't live anywhere. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. It's unbelievable. But like, but I mean like, there's dogs that are like much more not deemed as like a, like like angry or mean dogs that are like like Dalmatians are like very dangerous animals in the sense yeah. of like they're very territorial over their owners. Yeah, like, or do like you know what I mean. Like my Chihuahua, of, God bless him, he only has two teeth because he's literally sixteen. Yeah, <laughs> but like he will bite you. Yeah, his first instinct is to bite you. Yeah, and like granted, he could never do the damage. That oh yeah, like my other teeny, dogs could, but I'm just but, saying like yeah. So regardless of what breed of animal you have, like I said, I've even, people have called me, I can't live anywhere with my cat. Like yeah. crazy things like that. And that was just something I was so, and I still am passionate about helping people find places for them and their pets. And, and other agents will not want to deal with that. It's a heavy amount of negotiations on my part um, to the extent that I will have their current landlords write letters that I will present in their applications saying that there were no problems with the dog while they were living there or yeah. cat or whatever it is because I want the new landlord to know that it was okay then. So, you know, why wouldn't it be okay now kind of a situation. And then I'll go as far as get them to have a trainer evaluate the dogs to be like, this is a well-trained exactly. dog. That's a really good idea. Yeah. And that's when it gets like really extreme, but like most agents are not, to be honest, not willing to do that. But I am because I do run an animal rescue, which is a dog rescue. Mostly we very randomly taking cats as well, but I'm so passionate about this. And I just think pet owners struggle in general to find housing. Um, so that's a big part of what I do. And yeah, that's another aspect of it that, like I said, is so close to my heart just because I have been there and I have watched so many people have to surrender their pets to the shelter or to our rescue because they They can't can't find housing. And, you know, on some level I'm like, well, you could, did you try this? Did you try this? And then sometimes people have exhausted their entire search and it's, it's not fair. So that's why I go to bat so hard for that. For like, yeah, pet owners to become homeowners. And that's why my slogan is properties for people and pets. Yeah. Because even if you're buying, 
you have to keep your pet in mind. Um, like what, I said, exactly what you did. I you were did. like, I, I need, like, I wanted I need to have yard. a yard. I wanted to have this. I wanted to have the that. Funniest and like, part there aren't yards in Hoboken. Whole... That's the other thing. Like we live yeah. in a place where it's just all brownstones yeah. and little like so four I, floor walk-ups. I have a really nice sized yard. And the funny, <laughs> the funniest part about it is that my dog Piper, my original dog, she's a city dog. She literally poops under cars and prefers concrete. She will not walk on the grass in Columbus Park. She refuses to. Yeah. So the yard was kind of like. Not even an issue. <laughs> like you were like, oh, what? Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. But she does enjoy it. And then my second dog, Frank, who is 70 pounds, he is not a city dog. He is struggling to live here. But you know what? He would be dead otherwise. So I'm just glad he's living a happy life with me regardless. Yeah. But he prefers grass. When he goes to my mom's house, he picks up a ball and throws it to himself for about an hour. Yeah. Just, just running on like, the grass yeah. because he's just ecstatic. So having the yard for him is a huge deal. I could have never kept him yeah. if I didn't have that yard. So, you know, it's keeping in mind all those things. I knew that, you know, and since God knows when, I guess like four years ago, I think I've had at least 40 foster dogs. Yeah. I, most yeah. of whom have been pretty large. And the only reason I've been able to do that is the yard. And... I just like I said, I know how hard it is for pet owners and I'm here for them. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for sharing your story. Of course. Again, we did this before and I was like, let's do this a second time because this was this will be yeah, much now better. I'm a little bit further yeah. in it and stuff. And yeah. Um, where can people find you online and where can they find the pet rescue? Give me all of your stuff that where okay. where are you at? So on Instagram and Facebook as Helfer Homes. H E L F E R Homes. And then um you can always email me at K H, which are my initials, at primereg.com. So prime R E G dot com. Got it. Um and then I also have helferhomes.com. And then the, the animal rescue is called Wise Animal Rescue. You know, like wise like an owl. Yeah, um, why it's like an owl. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> we have a website. We have Facebook. We have Instagram. Um, and now is this one that you started yourself, or is this mm-hmm. one that you did? You were volunteering for, and then you became a big part of. Yeah, that's kind of how it happened. The rescue was only about six months old when I got involved. Oh, got and it. And I had started as just a foster, and then I took over all their social media because I had it, had experience it. in that. And then now I am the adoption foster coordinator, helping run the rescue. So perfect. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Again, thank you so much for sharing your yeah, story. Thank you. I hope that this helps people who are going through this process. I think it will. And if they need any, look, even if th- I'm not their agent, they have questions. Like people can always reach out to me. Yeah. I even have my best friends that she got in an argument with her fiance about how mortgages work. And she was like, oh, I'll fucking buy- tell you. <laughs> they don't even, yeah. have, they don't even, they're not even <laughs> buying yeah, a place right now. <laughs> they just got in this argument. So I get a call out of nowhere. Like, yeah, like, she's yeah. like, um, tell my fucking boyfriend, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm here for that as well. Yeah. Um, okay. And so, yeah. So again, at Hell for Homes, that's where people can find you. Yes. Um, okay. Again, thank you so much. Thank um, you. And you guys can find me at the Krista Rosa. You can find the show at Loud and Curious. Um, you can go to loudandcurious.com or go to my new blog, Attention Seeking Homebody, which you can find shortly at attnsh.com. If you'd like to be on the show, please send me an email, chris at loudandcurious.com. Um, and I guess that's it. Until next time. Bye. Bye. This episode of Loud and Curious was produced by me, Krista Rosa. My cover art photo and all the photos on my website were taken by Alyssa Timoteo. Cover art graphics and photo editing by Chris Moore. 
The boys from Remember Jones wrote and performed my theme music. Like them on Facebook and Instagram at Remember Jones. Next time on Loud and Curious. And it was a really, like, it was an art project that I put off for three years because I was like, this is a lot of work. Yeah. It's not a lot of payoff. I saved up these boxes of wine and asked friends for these boxes of wine over uh, years, over three years. And then I finally found this armature over Halloween one year, the skeleton armature that was man-shaped and it was posable. And I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm finally going to do this art project. So over one afternoon, I finish it. I cut all the boxes up. I stick it to them. And I'm like... That's really funny. Like, since I don't have a boyfriend, I made one out of boxes of wine. That's going to be the caption. Yeah.